and you're listening to Hobbits at Heart. Here we are, Kelsey. <laughs> Week at one officially, chapter one of The Hobbit today. I'm so mm-hmm. excited. Me too. An unexpected party. I know. Ugh, this is going to be really fun. I mean, as I've said before, I feel like so many times everyone knows this. The Hobbit is my favorite book of all time. It's just really nostalgic. I picked it up and started reading it when I was 11 years old and I read it in like three days um, (laughs) because I just loved it so much I could not put it down. Uh And I've read it so many times since. So I'm just excited to talk about it with you. Hey, me too. I like, I'm literally just like holding it in my hands. I'm so excited. I Um, (laughs) I know we were talking a little last time, like it's can be intimidating picking up the Hobbit for the first time because I'm not like the strongest reader and it's Tolkien. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, like it's intimidating, but, um, I had to remember, like, I think this is a book meant for children. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure I'll be able to read it. And it was a really easy read through chapter one. And, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to move on to chapter two, but I did not. (laughs) Yeah. I stopped. (laughs) Yeah. I think the Hobbit is definitely an easier read than Lord of the Rings. I think a lot of people have read The Hobbit and then started The Fellowship and then they were like, ah, never mind. <laughs> just going to watch it instead. Yeah, yeah. So this, I feel like, should be a pretty easy read. It's just, there's so much action. It's so, I mean, you can, we can talk about, like, Tolkien's writing style through this one. It's so playful and lighthearted mm-hmm. and fun. Um, a completely different vibe than the other Lord of the Rings books, but which is why it's my favorite. It's just so fun. I know. It just makes me more excited now that I've read the first chapter. I'm like, oh, this is the vibe. Mm -hmm. I understand now. And I'm so stoked. So yay. Yay. I will, I will say I, Lindsay, I kind of told you about this the night that I picked up the book for the first time, but just so everyone else knows as well, I found an audiobook on Spotify and I don't know if audiobooks are your thing or not, but I found this one because I was trying to find the Hobbit soundtrack, like music or concerning Hobbits or something. And the audiobook came up and I was like, Ooh, let's, let's give this a try. And it was like, like, it wasn't just someone reading like this, the Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien chapter one, <laughs> an unexpected party. Like I cannot handle <laughs> audiobooks like that. So this person does all the different voices. There's even sound effects for like, I don't know, big things. There's music in the background and like concerning Hobbits plays in the background and they put it at the perfect parts to where it fits with the story. And they even have the songs that the um, dwarves uh, dwarves sing. Yeah, so this is just my little PSA to everybody if you have trouble reading and need to occupy part of your brain while you read, you should try listening to this um, audiobook on Spotify. Yes, I completely agree. I have to say I'm not the biggest audiobook fan because I feel like my mind wanders when I listen to something. So mm-hmm. I can't focus on it as much as I can when I'm reading. Um, but I wanted to give the audiobook a try since you said that you found it and liked it. And I mm-hmm. loved it. I, I think one of my first notes 
is that I'm not an audiobook person, but listening to this is 100% comfort. Like, it's just a very right? comforting audiobook. Yeah. And I will say it's like, so chapter one is like 50 something minutes. So it is, it takes longer to listen to than to read. But I listened to it while reading it. And that was the, the best combination that I could find. Reading on its own isn't enough. Listening by itself is not enough. So I just combined it. Bam. That's perfect. That's great. I love that you found what works for you. I definitely i I read the chapter once and I listened to the audiobook twice just to like keep it fresh in my mind. Yeah, and I just loved having that additional like resource. I guess. Yeah, so, definitely. Recommend I was. That. Yeah, I I also recommend it, and I also loved when we get to this point too. We can talk about it, but they actually sang the songs, so that was kind of cool that you could hear what they were supposed to sound like. Mm -hmm. So yeah, because I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know what the songs are supposed to sound like. Right, right. But should we just dive in? I think we should. Okay, I will say (laughs) a little disclaimer. I was taking notes on the side, and then I got so interested in the story that I stopped (laughs) taking notes at a certain point. Um, But you know. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the point. Yeah. I will say it's a little bit different uh, to be talking about a book than watching a movie. Um, So I know we talked about this, Kelsey, kind of on our own, but just for all of our listeners, you know, we're kind of figuring out how this book club type podcast is going to work. But yeah, I think it's going to be, it'll be fun to figure out kind of a new medium to discuss. Yeah. I still have some like discoveries, obviously, because I don't know a lot about Bilbo, Bilbo. Um, so a lot of my notes in the beginning are like, what? I didn't know that. Or that's Mm -hmm. so cool. Or da, da, da. Um, but then the rest is different. So anyways, let's dive on in. Yes. Before we dive into the even actual book, like the chapter, Uh (laughs) why are you laughing at me? Cause we're like, let's dive in. And then I was like, just kidding. Well, this has to do with the book, but doesn't have to do with the chapter. And I just wanted to say that whenever I open a book and the book has a map in it, uh, I just know it's going to be a good book. Like my yeah. favorite part is opening up the book and looking through the map. And it's especially when you're brand new to the story and you don't know what any of these places are. And you're just like, ooh, I can't wait to find out what the meaning is, is of all of these locations. I can't wait to see how far they travel. I think that's just the fantasy reader nerd in me. Uh, I just love a book with a map. I also love that it has a map, but I have to say I opened the book and I was like, oh, cool, a map. I'll look at that later when I'm when I'm confused at where they're going. <laughs> and then I just went right by it. <laughs> but I do like that it's there. So yeah. Ooh, but right now, cool. nothing. none of this means anything to me. So I was like, uh, cool. Mirkwood. <laughs> <laughs> totally makes sense. I mean, that's the same when I first started reading it. I didn't know what, but I just love pouring over the map. I'm like Bilbo. He loves maps too, you know? Okay, Lindsay, I think, I think to set the mood, we should just read that first little, um, sentence or the two sentences. Okay. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? I want you to read it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read along in my okay. book. Chapter one, an unexpected party. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell. Nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or eat. 
it was a hobbit hole and that means comfort oh my goodness let me just say <laughs> never have i ever been intrigued into a book by the freaking first two sentences as much as i was with this even though all it is is describing what a hobbit hole is i literally my first note is it was a hobbit hole and that means comfort are you kidding me <laughs> like the and that means comfort literally gave me chills mind you when listening to this it has concerning hobbits in the background and like the combination of those two things it was just magical and it just confirmed everything else i already know which was i'm a hobbit i love hobbits i love lord of the rings i'm so excited to read this <laughs> i love that you felt that while reading it because i feel that first those first two sentences are just again ultimate comfort to me like i read it and it's it feels like returning home or returning mm -hmm. to like a friend's home who you love you know it just feels so cozy and homey <laughs> yes and it's uh, it sounds so cheesy but it really just felt like magical mm -hmm. and then I was like oh wow it does feel homey even though I've never read this before it feels like I'm it's just the perfect book to like have that like <laughs> this sounds don't don't at me for this. It's like the perfect book to have the aesthetic of like, I'm just going to sit in a nook and read <laughs> this book with my tea and my blanket. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Got to light the candle, so. have the tea, yes. have the biscuits. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Lord of the Rings, especially um, uh, the Shire the Shire, thank you, is aesthetic. It, oh, that's what it is. Absolutely. I mean, like I've said before, that is the aesthetic I aspire to. Like anytime I want to buy home decor or anything and like would mm -hmm. this be in Bilbo's hobbit hole and if the answer is yes then I'm buying it yeah exactly exactly <laughs> uh I have to say too I I kind of talked about this way back on our very first episode of Hobbits at Heart when we were talking about the Fellowship of the Ring and my my discovery of Lord of the Rings how I like snuck into my brother's room and watched the yeah. Fellowship over his shoulder and then the other part of that was me, again, being a sneaky little 11-year-old. And um, when he was at guitar practice, I snuck into his room and started reading The Hobbit <laughs> while he was gone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I just feel like as soon as I start reading this book, it like takes me back to that moment because... Again, it sounds really cheesy, but it really felt like a magical moment. Like, I remember everything about it. The room was dark. I, like, snuck in and grabbed it and, like, perched very, like, precariously on the edge of his bed so he didn't know I was there. <laughs> and I read the first few chapters, and I was hooked immediately. And then I think when he got home, I was like, hey, Tim, can I read The Hobbit? <laughs> and I think I took... The book series that I have now is the one that was his, and I read it, and he never did, and it just became mine. Oh, that's kind of cool, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So. Yay. Was just oh, nostalgic. thanks for sharing. Of course. <laughs> I I can see it. I could literally see it all happening. Little baby Lindsay <laughs> barely sitting on the bed so that it didn't make a mark on the blankets. <laughs> yep. That's exactly how it was. <laughs> So after that first little bit, they start describing, I say they, Tolkien, starts describing um, hobbits and who they are and where they live and, you know, how Bilbo Baggins lives in Bag End and all of that stuff. And I just love when they start describing hobbits themselves because, Lindsay, <laughs> they say, <laughs> okay, this is a question I had when we very, uh, at the very beginning of watching the movies in Fellowship of the Ring and... I was like, 
why do they all have curly hair? <laughs> I remember that. Why do they just all have curly hair? I don't get it. And it literally says on page two, at least in our version, they dress in bright colors, chiefly green and yellow, wear no shoes because their feet grow natural leathery soles and thick, warm brown hair like the stuff on their heads, which is curly. <laughs> and I, I don't know why I thought that was the funniest thing, but I was so satisfied that they answered that question for me. So I, I'm so happy you got that answer because I think when you asked it, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> there it is. There we had the answer the whole time. Yes. We knew it was right here in The Hobbit. We just had to crack <laughs> yeah. it up into page two. <laughs> Um, I love that he talks about the hobbits like as if they were they were or slash are real people like how he talks about you know they need some description nowadays since they become rare and shy of the big people as they call us I just think that's like so cute that it's like yeah hobbits totally did exist and do still exist we just don't know it because they're you know sneaky right <laughs> and part of that too is like are we breaking the fourth wall but then it was just like Oh, it literally just is written as if he is a storyteller telling this story. Mm -hmm. And I guess th that's what a narrator is, but I never have really felt it in that way. Yeah. Like, so truly, if that makes sense. Yeah. And He's literally acknowledging this book is written by a human for humans about non-humans. And I just, I thought that was cool. I agree. I, I wrote about that too. I love how conversational his writing is. Um, you know, there's like a line where he's like, anyways, as I was saying, like, it really yeah. does feel like you're just sitting down next to your grandpa and he's telling you a story. Yeah. Cause I know before reading this, a lot of people say like, oh, Tolkien will take five pages to describe what a tree looks like or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, uh oh, but I mean, we haven't gotten into that level of detail yet, but the level of detail that we are at is something that I love because, and I don't really know where chapter one falls on the scale of detail at the Tolkien scale, I guess. Um, but the more detail there is, the more I can imagine it and picture it in my head, which is the whole fun of reading a book without like seeing it, the movie yet, because you can imagine and create that entire world based off the detail. So I enjoy when there's more detail. Yeah. And I think he gets a lot more descriptive in Lord of the Rings, but I personally love the description. I think his writing is so beautiful that I, I nerd out over his beautiful and lengthy descriptions of things um i don't think the hobbit gets too wordy like that though so okay well yeah. i'm excited Yay. because based off how they explained chapter one mostly everything made sense of course i have some questions but it also kept me engaged mm -hmm. like i wasn't bored yeah. which is huge i think yeah definitely okay let's move on after they describe the hobbits, they describe Bilbo's like lineage, his ancestry or whatever. And I just didn't realize that he was a took, mm -hmm. a took. Yeah. How is it? Took, took. I don't know. Took, took, either one. Because I, I knew that Pippin is a cousin. Mm hmm So I knew the name was like in there somewhere. I didn't realize that like the personality that Pippin has is associated with like his family name. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so they kind of use that as a reference a lot in chapter one, like his Tookish side is coming through and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And 
it was also at that point when I was reading that I just could not get over the fact that Concerning Hobbits was like still playing and this was real and this was (laughs) happening. I wrote, reading along to Concerning Hobbits is insane. (laughs) It's just so wonderful. It's so lovely. But yeah, I like that you bring up that Bilbo is a took and how they're constantly kind of talking about like his Tookish side versus his Baggins side. And that's something that's going to be carried on throughout the book. Uh, And I kind of love that Bilbo, and we can talk about this more later on in the chapter two, but Bilbo's constantly like at war with himself. He's like, I want to go on an adventure. No, I want to stay cozy in my (laughs) hobbit hole. No, I want to prove to the dwarves that I'm great. No, I just want to have a cup of tea. (laughs) It's Lindsay. It's literally you. It is. is. (laughs) I mean, I feel similarly too. I'm like, wow, the introverted side of me, this is it. Because I just want to stay at home and be curled up on my bed. But I also want to go on an adventure. Mm-hmm. But only on my terms. <laughs> yeah. So then after that, after we hear the description of the hobbits and about Bilbo's lineage, then we get to meet Gandalf for the very first time. I was so excited. All caps. Gandalf. You know. Did you know um, he was in this at all? Like, I think I assumed okay. based off like, I don't know how much of it he's in. But I, it wasn't a surprise to me that Gandalf was going to be in the book. Okay, got it. I just didn't read. I don't know. I, do, I wasn't expecting anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't like, OMG, Gandalf, what are you doing here? But I was also like, OMG, Gandalf's here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess I was confused. I wrote down like, wait, have they not met yet? But then after he's like, don't you know me? I'm Gandalf. And then Bilbo's like, the one with the fireworks and the one that did all this crazy stuff. Yeah, I feel like Gandalf just like pops in and out of the Shire from time to time, you know? Like, I feel like he kind of pops in, makes some friends, goes to a party, disappears for a little while, pops back in again. Yeah, Bilbo made it sound like he often convinces people to go on adventures with him, Mm -hmm. that Gandalf does that. So I was like... This probably isn't his first time in the Shire. Yeah. And it also says that he's um, he hasn't been around not since the old Took died. So I wrote... Which is Bilbo's dad? Uh, Grandpa? I know they talk about it later. That's what we talked about. Old Took. Um, Great granduncle. Yeah. Page 18. Oh, no. Bullroar is old Took's great granduncle. Oh, hold on. Not since his friend, the old Took, died, it says. Let's see. Oh, but it doesn't say who the old Took is. I'm assuming, I guess he's just a relative. But I I wrote that it makes sense that, you know, Gandalf would be friends with all the adventurous hobbits. And then I was like, I wonder if he is the reason that they're adventurous. Like, if he he found the ones who were, like, slightly adventurous, then he just kept nudging them along, (laughs) you know? Well, that's what I was thinking. And we might get into this later, too. I don't know. But hold on. I need to collect my thoughts. It's like Bilbo would not have gone on these adventures. Frodo would not have gone on those adventures. None of them would if Gandalf didn't show up. Mm -hmm. And after this conversation, Gandalf realizes like, oh, Bilbo's the one. Because I think because he has that Tookish side. Because if he didn't have that, he would not like want to go on these adventures at all. But I don't think he and other Hobbit like him would think that they could go on these adventures if it wasn't for Gandalf showing them that they are capable. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, it's like when Gandalf says, as for that business with Bilbo, I nearly gave him the shove out the door or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nice Gandalf voice. Thank you. (laughs) 
It's a good voice on the audiobook. It's it's not the real voice, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, I also like that <laughs> Bilbo, after talking to Gandalf, he's like, sorry, don't want any adventures. Thank you. Not today. And I was like, that's literally me. Like the anxiety side of me that's like, nope, no, thank you. Nothing interesting. <laughs> yeah. The whole like, good morning. Bye. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Gandalf's like, is what is good morning supposed to mean? Now you're using it as a goodbye. <laughs> I was like, ooh, Gandalf is calling him out. I know. I love it. I love it. Um, oh, man. I also thought it was funny that, you know, Gandalf, after listening to Bilbo talk, he, like, decides um, that Gan- or sorry, that Bilbo is the one asking for an adventure. And I was like, I wonder what it was that Bilbo said that made him be like, you're the one, you know? I know. I'm curious because he also says something along the lines of, um, you asked for my pardon twice or something mm-hmm. like that. But like, I'm curious, why does he go there in the first place? Why does Gandalf choose to approach Bilbo? And then what about Bilbo makes him want to put the mark on his door? I wonder if it's because he knows that he is uh, a descendant of the Tooks. And so he knows like, oh, he's probably going to be more adventurous um and then let's go check him out yeah and then when bilbo is saying you know you used to tell such wonderful tales at parties about dragons and goblins and giants and the rescues of princesses oh yes you know and he's and he says uh bilbo isn't as pros and as he thinks he is Mm -hmm. and i i actually had to um i looked up the word prosy or po where is it where is that hold on Oh, yeah, you will notice already that Mr. Baggins was not quite so prosy as he liked to believe, although also that he was very fond of flowers, which, same. I think I'm Bilbo, Kelsey. (laughs) Okay, Lindsay, I think you are, and I was literally thinking that while reading this. (laughs) But no shame. I had to look up the word prosy because I was like, I read it, Mm -hmm. and then I was thinking, that wouldn't just be a throwaway sentence about flowers. Let's see what that means. And then I was like, oh, it means, like, dull and, like, unadventurous. So Bilbo's realizing by recounting Gandalf's stories that he is actually adventurous. And I think maybe Gandalf was like, ah, you do have an eye for adventure. Yeah, I think so too. And I like that he kind of says, um, he's like, bless me, life used to be quite inter, like gonna say interesting. And he says, I mean, you used to upset things badly in these parts once upon a time. So Bilbo's like, things are more interesting when you're around. So Bilbo's Mm -hmm. totally down for the adventure he doesn't even know it yet yeah unlike i kept picturing in fellowship of the ring when they show us the um the shire Mm -hmm. at the very beginning and there's that one guy that's just grumpy yeah he's like (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's (laughs) that's exactly what it looked like um i just feel like that's what bilbo is not that way no so and gandalf can see that so i think we've we've I think, uh, nailed this. Yeah. Yeah. I think topic, we so. can, uh, move on to. Yeah. I mean, I, it's really quickly then Bilbo like gets up the next day and he gets a knock on his door and he doesn't remember, like he didn't write down that he mm-hmm. was going to have tea with Gandalf on Wednesday. So he is like, Oh shoot, I think it's going to be Gandalf. And then it is not, it is Dwalin and Balin, 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 <laughs> Balin, I think. Did I say it right? Yeah. Dwalin and Balin. Mm-hmm. I literally, my notes from here on out are just the names of the dwarves. Every time a new one came, I was like, okay, gotta type that. (laughs) Gotta remember that. (laughs) Yeah, I gotta remember that one. Yeah. 
One of my favorite things that I loved, which again, I related to this, is that Bilbo started to get worried about having to go without eating because he realized how many dwarves were showing up and he was like, oh no, I'm going to have to be a good host and I'm going to have yes. to like not eat so they have enough yes. to eat. And I was like, oh my God, this is me. <laughs> like when I had my friend Sarah over, I love you, Sarah, if you're listening to this. There was one night she asked, like, hey, Linz, can I have some of the hot Cheetos you were eating earlier? And I was like, oh, yeah, like, here's the bag of hot Cheetos. And then I went in my room and I was like, is she going to eat all my hot Cheetos? <laughs> You're thinking, uh-oh, I'm going to be without hot Cheetos later. I know. I was like, she's going to eat all of them, isn't she? And then I'm not going to have any hot Cheetos and I have to go buy more hot Cheetos. <laughs> oh, we are hobbits for sure yeah and she did not eat all of them so thank you okay, sarah good. she i think Way she knew go, she knew she was like i can't do that to Lindsay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man this part in the book though started to stress me out a little bit and i also i obviously knew that the hobbit is about the dwarves like they're all on the movie cover like i, I knew that going into it um but I didn't expect them to show up so quickly but i guess that is why the chapter is called an unexpected party because <laughs> mm-hmm. i didn't expect it um, but the way Tolkien describes how Bilbo is feeling and what's going on in his head, I was like stressing out for him. Yeah. My empathetic side was like, Oh my God, what's he, does he have enough food? But how many are going to show up? What's going to happen? Why aren't they like being nice? <laughs> <laughs> I totally felt that too. I wrote that I would honestly, honestly also be really stressed. And I feel stressed reading this part of the chapter. <laughs> I think it's too, because I, I'm the type of person that likes when my plans get canceled. I like when, (laughs) (laughs) I like when I know that the rest of my evening is like completely free, right? Mm -hmm. So if I knew "Mm, I have nothing to do today, I'm going to, you know, go up. This is me as Bilbo. I'm going to go outside and garden. I'm going to go eat all my meals, you know, by myself, maybe read or write or whatever. And then all of a sudden this happens, I would be... (laughs) not very happy yeah same I would be stressing for sure yeah and I think Tolkien just does such a good job of describing that of making you feel that stress you know you totally Mm -hmm. relate to Bilbo instantly and you're like oh my god I'd be panicking too yes for sure for sure but it's not sorry I just have to touch on this again it's not panicking like "Uh uh-oh am I gonna be a good enough host it's like oh well, there goes the rest of my day. I was just going to play Animal Crossing and do laundry. <laughs> yeah, and totally. now I can't do that. <laughs> I guess I'm going to be a good host. <laughs> so I'm just going to name off all the dwarves, see if I can say them right, because that's just what I wrote in my notes. So we have Dwalin and Balin, who are brothers. Keely and Feely, who are the youngest ones, right? Right. Dory, Ori, Nori, and Oyen and Gloin? Gloin? I so the audiobook he reads Gloin's name as Glowin. But okay. in the fellowship, which I wanted to remind you of this in case you didn't remember, um, it's Gimli, son of Gloin, and they call him oh, Gloin. Gloin. Also, okay, wait, I'm just gonna put out this disclaimer like right now since we're talking about the dwarves. In Return of the King? No. Two Towers? When they go to the mines of Moria? That's a what fellowship. Fellowship? Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Um Obviously, some shit went down, and obviously that's happening in The Hobbit, I'm assuming. I don't remember who was affected, who Gimli was crying over, and I don't want to get that spoiled for me. Okay. 
So I just thought I'd put that out there. Will not say a word. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so oin and gloin. I think so. Okay. Then there's bifer, bofer, and bomber. I think it's biffer. Biffer, bofer, bomber. Uh-huh. This is important because I want to make sure that when I read it, I'm saying it right in my head. And then there's Thorin, of course, who's like the leader. Yeah. Uh, Richard Armitage in the movie. I love him. I don't know that he's necessarily right for Thorin. We can talk about that whenever we watch it. But I, I don't just know who that is. I just love him. Uh, Do I need to look him up? Yes. Okay, wait. <laughs> okay. Please hold everybody while I Google Thorin. Actor. Hobbit. Yes. During this brief intermission, I'm going to tell all of you, if you are a fan of British period pieces, like we're talking like Downton Abbey, Pride and Prejudice, you need to watch North and South. Richard Armitage is the, you know, love interest. He's a very similar to Mr. Darcy and that like you don't like him, but you do like him. And uh, I just I love him. He's gorgeous. He's very um, sharp. Yeah. Featured. Yeah. Very sharp. Severe. Yeah. 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 He's giving me um, like like he could be a good villain mm-hmm. vibe if if the thing is right but also i can't see a picture of him in the movie because i I, oh there he is wow yeah wow yeah (laughs) richard armitage get it there he is get it yeah i think he looks good as thorin okay the next section of my notes are pretty vague and i don't know how much time passes between each note because this is when i started getting more interested in the story and stopped taking notes Mm -hmm. Um, but the next thing i have is that i was confused about I wrote a burglar question mark, but then it got answered for me later on. Yeah. Oh, there is. Before that happens, there's the whole kitchen cleaning song. Oh, yes. <laughs> Where they're like, bend the knives and bash the forks. <laughs> da, 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 whatever. <laughs> and they're kind of like making fun of Bilbo. Yeah. They're all carefully, carefully with the plates. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was, that was, um, a funny part to me to read as a kid because I was like wait what I'm like reading a song and I have to try to picture the tune and I don't know so that was fun in the audiobook for them to have that uh that song and also in the movie as well um but yeah I just love that part where they're all like kind of teasing Bilbo like we're gonna ruin all your stuff but of course they don't you know yeah well I love that the very next sentence is and of course they did none of these dreadful things and everything was cleaned and put away safe as quick as lightning. Yeah. And so it's those moments where I'm like, these dwarves better treat Bilbo nicely. And then, and then Tolkien's like, and of course they, they were perfect guests, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, of course they were still nice to him. So I did like that. Yeah. And then not too long after that song, they have the far over the misty mountains cold song. Okay. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. So I, at this portion of the book, I was listening by this point, and the song is sung very slowly. Yes. And Lindsay, you told me that is it's the same tune that they use in the film. Mm-hmm. So I had never heard it, of course, but it is beautiful. But it did take like five minutes to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in the movie they don't sing every single verse. Because I was thinking that as I was listening to it today too in the car, I was like, oh my god, they've been singing the song like forever. It really is like I'm not kidding, four or five minutes long. Yeah. But uh, I just think it's so beautiful. That was one thing that I really loved about the movie and you get to hear it now in the audiobook. 
uh, is how they did that song. I just thought that the way they sing it is beautiful and it gives you chills. And mm-hmm. um, there's a couple versions of the song. There's like the more theatrical version versus the more like, I don't know, radio version. Not that anyone's probably playing it on the radio, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> well, I like how they sang it here because there was a little bit of music but it was just about, it was mostly about their voices and like, it was a very traditional version, I feel like, mm-hmm. of what it is. It wasn't very um, spectacular, you yeah. know what I mean? There wasn't a lot to it, um, but it did have a lot of like exposition in the song to yeah. like give you story. So I did actually have to go back through and like reread it to say, cause it was hard to understand what they're saying in the yeah. song since all the words are drawn out. And I just love how a lot of the music or the melody that you're hearing is um, just kind of them all like humming along mm. and harmonizing. Yes, yes, I was like, exactly. oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, it actually is really good. I went back and listened twice. Yeah. I was like, wait, that was so good. Yeah. And I just want to call out that this is something that our dear friend, Steven, who is one of our probably biggest fans <laughs> um, on Instagram, uh, made a comment about the songs and just how great the mm-hmm. songs are. So just wanted to give a shout out to him. And his comment on Instagram, and yes, totally agree. If you do not like listening to audiobooks, I had this thought, like, I wonder what I would have imagined the tune to be if I didn't listen to it first. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of sounds like a poem, right? So I do like the humming and the um, the version of the song on the audiobook. So, Stephen, if you feel so inclined, you should check it out. We should, maybe Lindsay, like put a link of the actual one that we were listening to or something. Not that we are being sponsored by it or anything, but that way they know which one it is. Yeah, we can put it in the description for sure. Go check that out, guys. And then after the song, I just loved the description. Um, You know, it says, As they sang, the hobbit felt the love of beautiful things made by hands and by cunning and by magic moving through him. A fierce and jealous love, the desire of the hearts of dwarves. And then something Tookish woke up inside him, and he wished to go out and see the great mountains, and hear the pine trees and the waterfalls, and explore the caves, and wear a sword instead of a walking stick. I just loved that. Yes, I wrote that down as well. And it was a couple parts of that whole sentence. The desire of the hearts of the dwarves. I was just like, oh, he he cares about them a little more and he like wants to, to be on their side you know the tookish side woke up or the tookish something tookish woke up inside him and then having a sword instead of a walking stick i could just picture it all and it just mm. yeah it made me all like Ooh. i know like <laughs> i want to go on an adventure too and i know and then it goes on you know the stars were out in a dark sky above the trees he thought of the jewels of the dwarves shining in dark caverns i just i don't i just the words man i don't have the words but tolkien sure has the words <laughs> i love to sorry right after that he's trying to decide it says He had less than half a mind to fetch the lamp and more than half a mind to pretend to and go hide behind the beer beer barrels in the cellar. And then later on it says, where are you going, said Thorin, in a tone that seemed to show that he guessed both halves of the Hobbit's mind. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why. It's like nothing is happening there, but I just, I mean, it is, but I just like how it's written. Agreed. I absolutely agree. I like that little part too. 
Speaking also of parts that we just like, um, <laughs> it was so funny, you know, uh, Thorin is talking about um, what hap- you know, what their mission is and how they want to go uh, to the Lonely Mountain. And he says, you know, we may never return except for potentially Gandalf, but most likely everyone else may never return. And then it says he was rudely interrupted poor bilbo couldn't bear it any longer at may never return he began to feel a shriek coming up inside and very soon it burst out like the whistle of an engine coming out of a tunnel <laughs> listening to that part on the audiobook is so funny yeah. too the way that they voice it uh-huh i just thought that was like funny and <laughs> I just love how Bilbo is just like sitting there and all of a sudden he's just like, ah, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Like you could just picture, yeah. picture it. Yeah, so um, but then they're all so kind and they're like, they took him and laid him out of the way and, you know, excitable little fellow. Yeah. And then that's where, um, you know, Gandalf says he gets in funny queer fits, um, but he is one of the best, one of the best as fierce as a dragon in a pinch. And then mm-hmm. following that is when they talk about um, Old Took's great-great-grand-uncle Bullroar, who was so huge that he could ride a horse. And he charged the ranks of the goblins and knocked um, the king Gullfimble's head clean off with a wooden club. It sailed 100 yards through the air and went down a rabbit hole. And in this way, the battle was won and the game of golf was invented at the same moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When I read that, I did not realize that the word golf was in the king's name. I just thought, oh, it sounds like golf. Oh my like gosh, you're... that's right. Yeah. Like, I didn't notice I that was... either. <laughs> just noticed that literally right now. <laughs> that is so funny. That it makes it even funnier. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that we brought this up because Nessa, actually, one of our fans, wrote in, and actually our friend, she's one of our friends as well wrote in and um, saying that she loves this section and how they explain it and that he creates the game of golf. Like, I just think it's so cool. Yeah, it's so silly. And there are a couple other moments throughout the book that Tolkien does that. And I don't want to spoil them, but there are some other just like funny parts where he's like, and thus this was invented. (laughs) And it's just cute. Yeah. I have to pay better attention, like while reading Mm -hmm. to those things, because they can, you could just pass by it so quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So then after that, they kind of go on talking about, you know, (laughs) what says Bullroar's gentler descendant was reviving in the triangle. (laughs) I just thought that. I know. I I kept reading after like, what's next? What's next? And I saw that. Um, Uh, I just think it's so funny. I know. Uh, But then, you know, Bilbo decides to go in and he says that the Took side has won. Um, he suddenly felt like he would go without bed and breakfast to be thought fierce. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. love that Bilbo gets like feisty. He's like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I loved, I actually wrote down um, and the Took side of him won because I just feel like that was such a cool discovery throughout the whole first chapter and I know you said they're going to continue it, but I just really like when they reference it. And it, it just helps me understand more of like how he's feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wrote that. I just like how Bilbo gets entranced by the story and then volunteers to join on the adventure, even though he doesn't really want to do that. And I was like, I feel like that's something right. that I would do too. Like I'd be like, 
this sounds so cool. I got to be a part of it. <laughs> I got to be a part of this. But what do you mean I'm going to be a burglar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly does this supposed to mean? Oh, man. Bilbo really just throws himself in. It doesn't know what he's getting himself into. Uh, and then after that, we kind of go into the story of what happens what happened to Thorin, why they want to go on this mission. So we learn more about how Smog came in and, you know, destroyed um, everyone at the Lonely Mountain and the mm-hmm. town of Dale and uh, basically why why they're even going on this quest. It was really sad. I know, I wrote that too. Just to go back a little bit, I really liked how much they explained about, like, the dwarves history because it makes what I've seen so far like in the fellowship just make a little bit more sense like the minds of Moria and when you see when they do that little flashback in the fellowship I'm like oh this is what they're talking about yeah um and then it makes sense oh that's where Bilbo like he has that really nice vest that he gives to Frodo and I understand now like the dwarves were mining and they got rich because of all the stuff and even the poorest dwarves still had money to lend and spend. I, they say something like that. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciated that description. But when they talk about, you know, Thorin is really lucky that he was like outside of the mountain that day mm-hmm. or what, however he says it. Um, but that basically like everyone died that didn't get away. And then that, is it that smog was eating people, yeah. especially the women? I was like, no wonder there's no female dwarves anywhere because they all got eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And I agree. I like that because I feel like you hear in Lord of the Rings, especially, there's so much more about the elves and the men and the hobbits. And the hobbit is really dedicated to the dwarves, you know, like, Sorry, spoiler alert, but Bilbo's going to go on this adventure with dwarves. <laughs> I figured. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just nice to hear. You don't hear a lot about dwarves very often. Everyone's always excited about the elves. So. Yeah, I think that's why I'm so I'm enjoying this so much is because I wasn't really expecting all of this history mm-hmm. and information about them, but I'm really enjoying it. And it's just making everything I already know make so much more sense. Yeah. Which I enjoy. That's good. Uh, I did have like a small note about Gandalf. Um, I don't. I didn't write down what page it was on, but basically, when they're kind of criticizing his choice of Bilbo, they're like, "Why did you pick Bilbo?" And then he says, "On the whole, I ought to be praised and thanked." <laughs> and I don't know. I just like that he, Gandalf can be so sassy, and I feel like he's extra sassy in The Hobbit, um, which I just enjoy. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's pretty funny. Okay, so they kind of keep talking about the quest because Bilbo has a lot of questions. Um, and they talk about the secret entrance and how it's supposed to look like just like the side of the mountain. And I just kept imagining when they go into the Mines of Moria in the Fellowship, this whole speak friend and enter thing. Mm-hmm. Is this like similar? Is it different? What's going on here? Um, well, so they're not going to the Mines of Moria, just so you okay. know. Because I wasn't sure if you thought they were going to the Mines of Moria. Okay, well, they do mention the Mines of Moria, so I think that's why I got confused. Yeah, yeah. So the Moria Moria doesn't really come into the story um, too much. Uh, But yeah, the door is... I feel like you'll kind of find out more about the door as we read. Okay, but they're not going to the mines. That's I guess that helps. Yeah. Um, So they're going 
to the lonely mountain the, oh my god <laughs> that kind of scared me <laughs> sorry i was looking at the book and i just hear the lonely mountain like in my headphones Ooh, that scared me dun, dun, dun. also is smog smog is that how you say mm-hmm. it is that the dude that was in the mines that killed gandalf no so smog is a dragon um, the Balrog is what was in the minds of Moria. Balrog. Yeah. And have we heard of Smog though? Like, have I heard of Smog before this? No. No? No. He wasn't okay. in Lord of the Rings at all. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm just getting confused. Yeah. Balrog. Yeah. So the Balrog is like a demon type creature. Smog is right. just, just a dragon. <laughs> just a dragon. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for NBD. clarifying that. No problem. Um, And then there was a note that I just wanted to point out on, um, I think it's on page 26 or 27, where Gandalf talks about, oh yeah, so Gandalf is telling them how he found Thorin's father and how he found the map and the key and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, he found him a prisoner in the dungeons of the necromancer. And this is not a huge part of The Hobbit. It'll be mentioned one or two more times, just like very briefly. Uh, but I, th- I always think it's interesting for the Lord of the Rings lore that the necromancer is actually Sauron before oh. he becomes before he comes back into his full power in Lord of the Rings. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, because I was like, isn't a necromancer like a wizard? So why are they using that word? Because wizards like do exist here, right? Mm-hmm. But if he was a prisoner, it would have been someone bad. That's so interesting. Yeah, so I actually copied, I forgot to reference where what website I got this from, but um, it says Sauron's backstory is long and complicated. His time as the necromancer is only a small part of the story. However, it was crucial in his rise to power. During that time, Sauron became a dark sorcerer who haunted uh, the abandoned fortress of Dol Guldur in Mirkwood, staying in the shadows so no one would discover his identity. So yeah, it's kind of like, barely mentioned but he's like working in the background trying to regain his power Ooh, i love that Mm -hmm. i mean i don't love it not for us but love it for (laughs) love it for him (laughs) you go sauron (laughs) you go sauron that journey for you (laughs) oh my gosh so at this time also gandalf gives them a map and a key Mm -hmm. which i think we'll probably uh use that key a little bit later and then we're almost done. Basically, Bilbo's like, hey, if I'm going to go on this trip with you, we need to get some good sleep and we're going to get a full breakfast in the morning. That's right. <laughs> my then, boy Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that they're like, mm, yeah, yeah, I guess we could do that. I, I could use a full night's sleep and some breakfast, but I only take my eggs fried. Yeah. And then I love, I underline this. One thing he did make his mind up about was not to bother to get up very early <laughs> and cook everybody else's wretched breakfast. <laughs> Yep. I love that too. Cause he's like, they intruded on me. We're going to do this my way. And I'm not going to go out of my way to help them because I don't need to. Yeah. And he's like, they asked for all of these breakfast orders without so much of as a please. Uh, mm-hmm. And which annoyed Bilbo very much. And I just, I was like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so Bilbo. <laughs> I love it because you can tell that the hobbits themselves are very like kind and polite but they, it's like a respect thing. Like they need to receive respect in order to give it. Yeah. So he's not just going to go out of his way to be kind 
to people who aren't giving it back to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. It's like the little bit of like sassiness that's like. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be put out by you. Okay, like. Yes, good boundaries. Yeah. He's really good at at laying out the boundaries, setting boundaries, I should say. I love that they. Um, he says, as he lay in bed, he could hear Thorin still humming to himself in the best bedroom next to him. And then you can hear on the audiobook like one more stanza of the song, one more verse. And it says, Bilbo went to sleep with that in his ears and it gave him very uncomfortable dreams. It was long after the break of day when he woke up. But I just love the thought of like going to sleep to that song, mm-hmm. humming. I don't know. It just sounded really cool and I really liked it. I agree. I think I love how they did that on the audiobook. It's It gives you those little chills again. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of nailed it like, it's soothing like the music and the humming is soothing and it's beautiful but it's uncomfortable like what they're singing about so it's like a lullaby that's like uh. (laughs) a little dark yeah a little dark lullaby yeah Yeah. and then that's the end of chapter one we did it chapter one done oh my gosh i am just so excited I know. I, I was going to say, what are your thoughts? But we literally just talked through all of our thoughts. <laughs> we did. And I actually think, I know um, for everyone listening, like Lindsay and I were like, uh, how do we talk about a book as opposed to a movie? But it, it's really cool because there's more to talk about than just the plot. I think how it's written, how we feel, how we wrote it or read it, how we, you know, I just actually really enjoyed talking about this more than I thought I would because it takes me back to like high school and middle school where I hated analyzing books and I hated reading assignments and all of that. Um, but this is a book that I want to talk about. So that's the difference mm-hmm. there. Definitely. And that's one thing that I always, I know a lot of people say that they don't enjoy reading and I understand reading's not for everyone, but I think sometimes in school you're forced to read books that are just kind of like boring because they're required mm-hmm. reading or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like, people like that. I'm like, maybe you just need to find the book that you like to read, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like I agree in school, we were taught, we had to read books so that we could learn things, right? Like that sounds so simple, but we read, you know, um, brave new world to teach us about, uh, what's it called? utopias Mm -hmm. or dystopias and then you had to read all these books because there was a deeper meaning and you need to learn how to analyze books and how to you know have critical thinking skills and all this stuff when you just want to read a book to enjoy a story that's when you can actually enjoy reading at least for me yeah I agree and I've always said I wish I enjoyed reading nonfiction. I do try to read nonfiction more now than I used to um but I've always been an escapist. I mean, little 11-year-old Lindsay just loved escaping <laughs> into the world of Middle Earth. And that sparked my passion for fantasy. And I remember uh, one of my friends, it was like my friend gave me a Christmas gift, but it was really my friend's mom because she loved to mm-hmm. read. So she gave me like five young adult fantasy books when I was probably around 12 or 13. And yeah, I just, I love the escapism. I love going into these grand big beautiful exciting worlds and uh going on these adventures that i'll never get to go on so it's fun (laughs) well maybe one day we'll go to new zealand Ah, (laughs) please (laughs) but you do get to go on it you know like that is reading it Mm -hmm. and i mean do you really want to go on the adventure that frodo went on and the fellowship went on no and honestly (laughs) i don't really want to go on bilbo's adventure either 
Mm-mm. Exactly. And that's why we are hobbits and we could just read about adventures in our books. Exactly. So that just further makes our point. Did we have any more questions? Oh, we did have a question. Um, so Mike asked us uh, if we have a favorite dwarf and a least favorite dwarf, which I propose that we revisit this question as we read the book a little bit more. I think I have my answer, but I want to confirm it with that in mind, you know, reading it. (laughs) And that's also, that's also like, you've read this multiple times, I'm assuming. So I could not answer that based off just the first chapter. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll mark that one down. We'll definitely, don't worry, Mike, we'll come back to your question. We'll make sure to answer it uh, probably towards the end. I was going to say, it could be an ongoing question too. Like this chapter I liked this Mm dwarf or didn't like this person or whoever. Yeah. I am excited for chapter two because it's titled Roast Mutton, and uh, that's food. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That's food, right? It is. Roast mutton. Okay. Roast lamb. Okay. And speaking of the next chapter, we're going to have a wonderful guest with us. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. It's someone we haven't had on the podcast before, and it's honestly probably one of i'm saying it's <laughs> he <laughs> he is one of our really really big fans and just a lovely person all around so excited to have him to talk about chapter two me too me too before we wrap up i just i know we've said this like a million times but i just want to say that i'm so excited and also just like thank you everybody for going on this adventure with us because it's literally just two hobbits reading a book about hobbits and it's a lot of fun for us to go on this journey together and read and um, just thank you for listening to it and joining us on this little adventure. Yes, I agree. And also don't forget, you know, if you would like to follow along on our Instagram that we will be posting a little question box a couple days before we record. So if you want to read along and you have, it doesn't have to be a question. If you have any thoughts, comments, anything you want to bring to our attention Mm -hmm. to make sure we talk about, we love bringing your ideas in as well. So thank you to Nessa, Steven, and Mike for submitting some thoughts and questions for us. Yay. We'll see you in two weeks with chapter two, Roast Mutton. You've been listening to Hobbits at Heart. If you enjoy our podcast, please share, rate, and subscribe. And for exclusive content, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hobbits at Heart Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye.